Hey everybody, this is Tony Bancroft, and I gotta say, I'm just so excited to be a part of the Great Big Beautiful podcast with Jamie and Justin. They just interviewed me. I feel honored. I got like Disney dust sprinkling all over me right now, and I feel all effervescent and Disney magical. Come check out the podcast. And actually, the prejudice was against Robbie, you know? Really? Yes, one of the um, magazines came out, and it was a predictions of, uh, for the Oscars and, and predictions of how the, the movie would come out, and they said they, they said positive things about all of us, Richard, myself, Angela Lansbury, Jerry Arbach, you know, these Broadway people, we understand. Well, we were musical people. And, right. And, and, and musical Broadway people. people and and, uh, and then, uh, the Robbie wasn't part, so much known for that. Even though he was on Broadway in a musical when he was 14. But, yeah. the, but the end of the article said, and what about Robbie Benson, question mark? <sighs> and uh, yeah, I think people were shocked. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. We should do this one all musical. We'll sing the intros. Beauty and the yeah. Matilda's time. Great big beautiful. I was thinking the one that Belle sings through the marketplace. <laughs> Look at her, she is so peculiar. With her fist stuck in a book. <laughs> Gotta change the words to be like about I us. Did. Yeah, I know, that's true. I'm not good at that. And but you know what? The people we're interviewing today, I think that they were you know, they would put us to shame, I'm gonna say. You think? <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, I think I'm almost as good. I don't know. <laughs> I think I could be on Broadway if I wanted to be. Uh, yeah, keep dreaming. I mean, keep the dream alive. I didn't mean that to come across as so sarcastic. I mean, keep the dream alive right, and anything right. is possible. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? We're, we have the cat. It's a 25, 25 year reunion, reunion, yeah. anniversary of Beauty and the Beast when it, it came out. It was a reunion. A reunion. Okay, there we go. I was right. I mean, it was the anniversary, but they brought them all back together to reunite. Exactly. And we had, th- we were supposed to have three of the cast members. Sadly, sadly, yeah. one of them had to drop off because he was sick. Yeah. Robbie Benson, who was the beast, um, he couldn't make it at the last moment. Like 10 minutes before we were about to get on the phone, uh, we got an email that he was feeling ill. So that's fine. It happens. And- so that's okay. I just put Angela Lansbury in instead, yeah. you know? <laughs> She was otherwise occupied, yeah. um, but we did get a chance to talk to Paige O'Hara, who was Belle, the singing and spoken voice, because mm-hmm. they're not always the same person, and Richard White, who was Gaston. So both of them were the characters and the singers, and so we talked to the two of them about about the film and about the 25-year anniversary and coming back together and doing all the press and what they've been up to since and you know doing the characters again, because they they've both revisited the characters in the sequels and um, video games and some animated television specials, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And it was just a, just a thrill to talk to them. It was, it was fun um, to sort of have to have them both together and and 
you know, it was like you could tell that they were old friends, but this was a reunion of sorts. Well, yeah, it was really I really enjoyed it because it brought me back to my childhood. That was one of the first Disney movies I really remember, you know, you know, just as a kid, how big it was and how much it took off. And it's just so cool and nostalgic to talk to them and hear stories about how they recorded it and, you know, different different things like. I don't want to give it away, but they they talk about that they all recorded in a room together and they fought for that. They asked for it to happen, and that's not something that always happens with animation. I thought that was awesome, you know, just to get that inside look as to you know how this famous, so you know, pop culture famous movie <laughs> came to be. So yeah, yeah. it's a really cool interview. And it something awesome. that's really neat is when you hear Paige O'Hara talk. Um. You, if you listen closely, you can hear Belle. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> no, but it's really neat because, you, you know, she's not the character, right? And often when we talk to voice actors, so you know, often their voices are so removed from their yeah. their famous voice. And it was really yeah. it was really cool. You hear her voice and you're like, ah, I'm talking to Belle. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, Richard White, I mean, Gaston is ab- obviously a voice, you yes. know. And if Robbie Benson were on, I'm sure he wouldn't have sounded like the Beast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're right. And she does, you know, we, we had, um, Ming-Na Wen on who was mm-hmm. the voice of Mulan. I mean, you can kind of hear it because it's right. kind of also her voice. Uh, I mean, it's kind of been overshadowed now. Like you hear Agent May too, you know, you right. hear the other characters that she's done. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The voices that are so similar to their own voices, it's like, you know, and this is kind of off track, but it's reminded me, you know, when we talked to Bill Farmer. You know, mm-hmm. when he not always, but when certain things that yeah, he would say, you can when hear goofy. Him, like goofy just came right out. And like you could tell that's with, his voice with Jim Cummings. I heard uh, Darkwing Duck a lot when, in his yeah. regular speaking voice. So you could you could yeah. tell that he did the voice. It's really yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. No, this was this was a thrill and it was nice. And I should know this. I think Paige is our fifth, fifth, fifth Disney fifth. legend. There fifth. we go. This is the show that Disney legends are made in. (laughs) We, you know, they talk to us after they become Disney legends. Oh, yeah. It's just 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 like part of the circuit. It continues their career. You know, (laughs) they come through here and things happen after that. We'll see if we can crack 10. We'll we'll crack 10 before 2017 is out. Well, you know what? You're going to have to get George Lucas. Is he a Disney legend? He is. I was. That was last year at D twenty three. So I was there for his uh, inauguration. He, he should be a pretty easy get. Go, go. I would think so. He doesn't have a whole lot no. else going on right nah, now. Nah, nah. We could get him. We got. We got Leland Chi. We can get him. I'll work on it. <laughs> All right. All right. We're gonna play the interview with the gang from Beauty and the Beast. If you're a fan at all, you're gonna love it. Enjoy. Um, first of all, thank you guys so much for taking the time. It's just a thrill to talk to you. It's our pleasure. Um, I guess I wanted to ask, uh, first starting off, I'm curious to know if you guys have kept up over the years or with all the press that you've been doing for the anniversary, does this been more of like a reunion for you? Well, a little of each actually, uh, Paige and I in particular have known each other for, we knew each other, uh, uh, before Beauty and the Beast, and, and uh, we, we've, we've uh, run into each other many times since. Uh, but uh, this particular uh, reunion uh, is rather poignant uh, for, for us both, I think. Yeah. It really is. It's very special. You know, it's, 
you have a kind of a different perspective after 25 years, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't seem like 25 years. It seems like maybe 10 years, but, uh, yeah. but it's 10 minutes. or 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, cause as you know, as fans and just as you know, people who watched it when we were younger, it really doesn't feel like 25 years. So I can only imagine what it feels like for you. Oh, I know. It's crazy. I know. Yeah, well, there, it, it really, there have been many lifetimes lived in, in those <laughs> last 25 years. Uh, it seems Right. Uh, but at the same time, it really does seem like just yesterday, uh, as I say, this, this has given us a chance to really just focus on what was a very special time for us. Yeah. When, when, if you guys, I'm sure you've been answering a lot of the same questions and thinking about that time 25 years ago when you were making the film, but when you were in the studio recording, because I know animated films are done in different ways, but were you ever together? Were you ever recording together or were you always doing it by yourselves? Um, that actually, it was not the norm, but we were together. And you were. I requested that when Robbie came aboard. He, he, he was cast about a month after Richard and I had already started. And uh, it helped so much. I know it's not the norm because it's, it's time consuming and it's expensive, but wow, it makes such a difference in developing the relationships with the characters. It really does. As, as theatrical uh, actors, uh, it, it seemed very um, unusual and strange to us to, to try and do it uh, by ourselves, you mm -hmm. know, without the other person uh, right there. You're talking to someone who isn't actually there. Uh, and, and some of it was done that way, but uh, it's, it's to uh, Paige's credit that uh, she, she went to them and said, you know, um, this will be so much better if you'll just let us <laughs> yeah. shoot them together. And, and they were, to, their, to Disney's credit, uh, they saw the, the merit in that and, and let us do it. And I think it made a world of difference. I do too. I really do. Yeah. You guys were able to, you know, play off of each other's energy and hear actually what the other characters were going to sound like. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And then they would let us, you know, improvise if we wanted to, you know, I'd just be totally free. There was no time clock. That was what's so amazing. You know, Richard and I worked off and on in the film for two and a half years and the film was four years in the making. They were not going to rush any process. They even threw away a few months of work when they, the Be Our Guest number was originally animated to Maurice, and they decided it wasn't right for the, for the film, and they went back and reanimated it to Belle. I mean, mm. they were sticklers on it being perfect, which yeah. is pretty amazing. That's interesting that you say that you had um, the ability to improvise. Did any of that improv improvisation make it into the final film? Um, there, for me, it was just little things, a few yeah. little words here and there. Um, for David Ogden Stiers, it was half, oh, yeah. half the film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there, there were, you know, as you're doing a line, you, you modify it, you change it a little bit, you or you you, you get an idea, and, and uh, they were very open to, to anything that you could come along with. With David, my gosh, uh, there's a wonderful <laughs> line, uh, I guess, it's infamously so, uh, yeah. where, where, where he says, oh, uh, what, what, what do you, how do you, how do you treat a girl? Well, you know, there's, there's the old thing, you know, flowers, uh, promises you never had to keep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And if it's not Baroque, don't fix yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> As in Baroque. I love that line. <laughs> I know. He made that, well, that, that was, that was one of his improvisations. He's a very funny man. Very smart. Yeah. I recently that, you know, with the new Blu-ray release, there are some new special features and one of them focuses on a new page. And you yeah. had mentioned in that, that, that documentary that you recorded all of your lines for the film in one day 
and then went back and did some re-recording. But was that true for for all of you? Did you all go in and just do the entire thing at once and then have to go back? It, it was for me, yeah. Uh, you, you would go in and and, uh, and and lay the whole thing down, and then you would go away and they would draw. Then uh, they would uh, say, "Well, we've drawn ourselves into a corner here. Can you? Uh, th these are. This is what we're thinking now." And you would lay it down again, uh, and they would go away and they would draw again. It, it wasn't always the whole piece, but uh, no. yeah. Actually, uh, for me, they broke it up pretty much yeah. after that first day. Right, but the, the, the first yeah. day we put down everything. Yeah, and then of course Linda rewrote a lot of things. Yeah, that were changed. Yeah. The whole sequence with uh, the beast and the wolves was totally, ended up totally different than it was initially. And uh, I love the way they, they, they changed it. Yeah. 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 Well, they, and they, they, I mean, even the, the look of, of the characters, uh, they, they, it took them quite a long time to decide what uh, Gaston should actually look like ultimately. So I, I have uh, somewhere in, in, a, in a trunk someplace uh, renderings uh, of various... Uh, Incarnations and, and well, you had like a Dwayne Johnson different. one, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a Dwayne Johnson Gaston. He had a, a football uh, player looking one. There, there were there were a bunch of different ones. There's an, an Earl Flynn looking one. Oh, the Earl Flynn. Uh, I love that one. No, I'd love to see that one. <laughs> he, he had lots of different looks uh, in the course of those two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. How I mean, with with all of those rewrites and the, the character redesigns, and how much did that affect your performance when you went back in to redo certain lines or certain scenes? Did it? Did you were you finding that you you had new insight into the character, and so you were giving it a different life? Well, for me, uh, the character was constantly uh, developing and evolving, and they always they always start with the voice. So uh, I, I would see things that that we had been uh, thinking of or, or imagining realized in those uh, uh, transformations later on in, in, in those uh, those subsequent renderings. It was great fun to, to see them see him come to life through what we had done Absolutely. already. Absolutely. I mean, I felt that my character really came to life when, when I had both Richard and Robbie Benson with me in the studio. I was kind of intimidated at first on that first day by myself. In fact, that I was so intimidated, I was like playing to the second balcony and Howard Ashman said, Paige, you're not in theater, playing to the second balcony, Ethel Mormon, turn it down. <laughs> and then I started like all of a sudden trying to raise my voice and he said, what are you doing? You're nervous. Stop being nervous. We want your voice. Yeah. And uh, then we sat down and really talked about the character and they explained to me that she's the oldest of the princesses. She's in her 20s. She's an old soul. You know, all the things he said, and consequently, Paige, the more you give us of you, because I am very much like the character. I am. That's true. It's what, it, as soon as I would tear the wall down and let myself come through was when it worked. So yeah. that took a little time to, to totally let that wall come down. But uh, it did eventually. Yeah. Howard was very good at that. He was great at that. <laughs> I mean, you've, after that, after the film, you guys have you've each returned to the role several times in video games or in sequels or for for yeah. TV shows. Um, and it's at 25 years on, you know, we're we're here celebrating the anniversary. I think the the, the story and the characters are just as popular as ever. Um, you know, you say that the character of Belle is you. You know that it, she really spoke to you. But what for each of you? What is so compelling about your character, and why do you think that they're so lastingly popular? Well, when I say it's me, I have to tell you, Belle is not just me. Belle is Linda Wolverton. 
James Baxter and Mark Henn. I think we all share. We all are an ensemble, and we all are Belle mm-hmm. <laughs> as one. Linda Wolverton <laughs> could be my twin. <laughs> but I love the fact with my character it was that she, you know, she was revolutionary and that she wasn't. She was an intellectual. She was odd. She was quirky, and she wasn't looking for a prince. She was looking for adventure to experience the life experiences that she reads about in all of her books. And um, she also was, a lot of children over the years have responded to me that they love the fact that she had brown hair and brown eyes, wasn't the typical, you know, blonde beauty, you know, that they have. And they loved that they could identify with her and uh, and feel, you know, they'd say to me that it's so nice, you know, it's kind of cool now to be a geek, but I used to feel like an outsider. I love that Belle started that genre, and of course, that it just took off. You know, Mulan took it to a whole nother level, and uh, several of them did actually. And yeah. That's and Richard. I think I think Disney made, it, made a, a, a little bit of a, of a turn there in, in, in oh, what yeah. they were trying to do. Uh, they, they weren't trying to create uh, uh, ice princesses, or, or uh, you know, they wanted real, interesting. I identifiable, uh, yeah. absolutely. And, and uh, you, you were perhaps the first incarnation of that. I think that was great. Yeah, it started a whole. I think it was. It was very important, and I think it's you know they've they've taken it to another level now. And then in Frozen, I was so happy. Yeah. To be about the sisters, you know, I I'm so close to my sisters. One that's passed away now, but my other sister Lisa and I just thought the love of the love between and the bond that sisters share. I just thought that was so incredible that they. But they made that yeah. the main message at the end of the film. Yeah. Gaston, on the other hand, <laughs> loves himself. That's what to do. <laughs> yes, he does. He loves himself. <laughs> and Belle saw right through him. Good for you. Good for her. <laughs> right through him. What do you mean by that? And you know, actually, Howard Ashman mentioned to me one day, he said, you know how bold that is? Even the things that you're saying to him in that time era? Oh, yeah. You know, that... <laughs> So she was pretty outspoken. I mean, I wanted to be out more outspoken. I wanted to tell him he had stinky feet when he put his shoes off in the cabin. <laughs> God, it's good. No, it was just pretty amazing, and all the firsts that happened in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I'm impressed with, or not impressed with, but amazed with, is often when you see video of the Gaston that is portrayed at the parks now, um, <laughs> you see videos of it, or if you see him in person, there's people that don't realize it's, it's really funny because they don't realize that that's a, you know, an actor doing an acting job. And you always see these comments yeah. like, what is this guy saying to these people? Then and it's just amazing to me that they don't get it. <laughs> well, those, those guys are, are, uh, are real well coached and, and they're, they're, they're amazing uh, performers. They do a wonderful job of staying in character with, with these, uh, we were just talking. There's we just something in particular. There's a little, little girl. four-year-old girl, and there's a, a oh, twelve-year-old yeah. girl, whatever. Uh, there's videos out there of them on YouTube. Yeah, who, who who come out and they they really take him to task, and, <laughs> and uh, they they tend to do a beautiful job of staying in character and, and taking it from. He really did girl. stay. Yeah. Her. He was amazing. Yeah, they're they're great. They're really wonderful. I, I admire how well they imitate me. <laughs> Was 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 there ever a moment or a, not a moment? Was there ever like a concern at the time? You know, when when you finally realized that, like, hey, this this film is something something unique. Like, this is going to be massively successful, and it's it's a sort of it's going to become a touchstone. 
was there a concern among you that that you might were maybe we're going to get typecast and not be able to be break free from those characters? Excuse me. Go ahead. Well, I think one of the um, wonderful things about doing an animated film is that uh, uh, he is a, a group project. Um, he, he does not have my face. Yeah. Uh, so I can't, I, I am uh, not generally uh, uh, recognized as, as Gaston. Uh, so casting people don't think in those terms. Mm-hmm. I sound like, rather, he sounds like me, I guess you would say. <laughs> but uh, that has never been a, a It's not like it is when, when you're on camera acting. Yeah, it's it, very it, different. If, if it were a, a, a television show or something like that, then, then, then perhaps that risk would be greater. But uh, no, it, it's, I can't really point to anything that hasn't been a plus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all a plus. Thinking after I after I did it, I did a play in 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 Los Angeles um, about Winnie Ruth Judd, who's an actual real uh, th- character that was uh, uh, murderous. Um, they called mm-hmm. her the Blonde Butcher. It was a play about her life, and I played her. And at first, Disney, a couple of them were like, "Really, you're really going to do that?" And then they came to see it. And uh, I was voted by the critics for the best actress for the Drama Log Award. Wow. And they were very happy about that. And then they thought, okay, you know what? You are an actress. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So it was all good. Yeah. It, it's, I, it's, I was worried about the same thing, the way you asked that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has to be a concern, but I, I see what you're saying. You know, when, when it's a voice role that you might not necessarily be connected to it as much among mm-hmm. casting people or the general public so much. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I know Robbie came to the to the film with you know an extensive uh, catalog of films that he had been. Um, but I, I know for both of you, this Beauty and the Beast was really your first major film role, and I don't I don't know if you had Absolutely. done voiceover work before then. And actually, the prejudice was against Robbie. You know, really. I, Yes, one of the um, magazines came out, and it was a predictions of, uh, for the Oscars and, and predictions of how the, the movie would come out. And they said they, they said positive things about all of us: Richard, myself, Angela Lansbury, Jerry Arbach. You know, these Broadway people, we understand. Well, we were musical people, and, right. and, and, and musical Broadway people, people and and, uh, and then, uh, but the Robbie wasn't part, so much known for that. Even though he was on Broadway in a musical when he was fourteen, but yeah. the, but the end of the article said, "And what about Robbie Benson?" Question mark. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think people were shocked. Yeah. They were shocked that this uh, soft-spoken man had this <laughs> incredible register uh, and range as an actor, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and as a voice actor in and particular, absolutely. that voice is, is, is so malleable. It's amazing what all he can do. He's got an enormous range. Was I mean, I, you know, he was supposed to be here, but he's not feeling well, so I'll ask you in his absence. But was any um, was any post-production work done on his voice? Or was that all him, what we hear in the film? Oh, no, that, that's his voice. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, they, they didn't alter the, the pitches at all. They altered maybe, um, you know, volume on it and, 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 and mixing maybe roundness, just yeah. like they, they do they, with they, our voices. When right, we they, they mix, but, but uh, it wasn't you sort of have to, all you need to do is to sit next <clears throat> to, to Robbie in an interview and, and, and hear him occasionally uh, let, it uh, out. <laughs> let it out and you go, oh my God, okay, yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, you, you've mentioned, you know, Beauty and the Beast, 
was something special when it came out. It really was at the forefront of what so many people consider to be the second golden age of Disney. Um, yeah. And it, it defined that, you know, that Disney quote unquote house style. It, it, it defined the look and feel for, for not only Disney, but for all animated features for at least the next decade, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, I mean, did you guys realize that this was something special? Like this was something different? I, I, I think oh, yeah. that uh, we, we, uh, Remember, we were the second one. Right. Uh, um, Little Mermaid had already come out, and we we knew uh, just how special that was. And and it was Little Mermaid too. Was was Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, mm-hmm. uh, and and we knew that uh, their familiarity with the, the genre and and uh, they how they were going to go about things. So. So you already knew going in. The material. And, and the script by Linda yeah. was so wonderful. You had yeah. everything in the written word. And it, it was just that, that uh, by the time they got to, to Beauty and the Beast, they, we feel, I feel at least, uh, that uh, they, they finally perfected uh, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of it. it, it some, some of it is, is just so well done, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I'm not taking credit myself. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, that Disney had, uh, had had come to understand uh, this, this new genre, if you will, that, that they had created so well, that, and they, they gave it such, um, such respect and, and such um, attention to detail, uh, such love. And a lot of that was Howard, because, you know, yeah. Howard and, and Alan, they, they wrote it as a Broadway musical on film, right. yeah. and, and Disney respected the fact that that was their vision, and truthfully, Howard was the one that had the entire vision of everything, from the actors to the artists to the colors. Um, I mean, everything. He was sort of the leader, the team leader. And Jeffrey Katzenberg, along with him, um, they they saw this in their hearts and in their minds. And then pretty much everybody came along and uh, all had the, kind of the same vision with them. Yeah. And, um, it made you feel like you were you were part of something very special. And as you say, this, this second golden age, this one was going to be the, the, the crown jewel. Sure. <laughs> I think, though, I really knew that it was going to really make history when we came to New York and the New York critics saw the unfinished version and the response that the New York critics had after each song and then standing up at the end for 10 minutes. I looked at Don Juan and Don was like, he was so relieved, you know? Because there's a lot of trepidation in taking that chance. Mm -hmm. But it was a chance that paid off tenfold it was amazing yeah so I, I think I knew that night this is going to be this is going to go down in history as a classic it's amazing I mean that that idea though that idea of a big sweeping musical on on screen it eventually disappeared even within Disney and they're only now starting to make a comeback you know with we've, we've seen exactly. tangled tangled and frozen are, are sort of embracing that you know that musical mindset again um, well, part, that, that's one of the reasons that we were chosen uh, Howard said that we, we have to have um, Broadway uh, actors, Broadway players. actors who, who who can say lines and sing songs, right. mm-hmm. so that we have one one character throughout, one one entity, and, and uh, mm-hmm. so that we can uh, uh, be more faithful in, in developing one character for each of these uh, uh, these people. Yeah. Uh, I give them full credit for that, it was, yeah. and I'm so glad to have been the, the recipient of it. Oh, me too. <laughs> I remember Richard and I, when the Bell song was nominated for the Oscars, uh, the Oscars were thinking of hiring pop people to do yeah. our song. <laughs> and, and Jeffrey Kassenberg said, uh, you know what, you can't have those songs unless you take the original artists. Good for him. Oh, amazing. 
Yeah. Well, but that's what I mean. Every every step along the way, uh, those people uh, gave us that respect, and it was wonderful. As Paige had mentioned, that during the Oscars, uh, there was some backlash uh, from some people that, uh, oh, gee, there there are no actors in this film that's been nominated for best uh, exactly. picture. Exactly. Oh, I was so annoyed by that. And but uh. Angela, <laughs> Angela, who introduced us, stood up and said, you know, how, how pleased she was to introduce some of the finest actors that she had worked with, and I felt personally very honored. Uh, she she did that, say but that. It, it gave us a little of our own back. <laughs> and also, within a year, some of the same people who were criticizing it that night were all doing animated Jumping films. Jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always the way. Um, since we're talking about musicals and musical theater, are there any recent shows that totally just blew you away? Oh, my God. Well, I have not yet seen Hamilton, but, uh, yeah. Uh, there's, the, the musical theater has... Uh, uh, taken uh, great leaps lately, Fun mm -hmm. Home and, and Hamilton and things like that. that I, I'm very excited about that. Did you see Fun Home? No, I have not seen anything. Oh. I've been totally ensconced in, in I, I did a show in Las Vegas for nine years, and I left a year ago. And I've just been focusing on my painting for Disney and spending time with my husband and my family and uh, and getting to the gym and getting strong and <laughs> healthy yeah. and uh, I'm feeling great right now. So now I'm now I very strong and healthy. Dude. Very strong <laughs> and healthy. So now I'm feeling ready that I'm in New York City now. I think I want to stay another few days <laughs> movie, go see some plays and some uh, musicals. So if, yeah. if you have not seen Fun Home, uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's, yeah. it's just closed in New York, but it's going out on the road. So wherever you are, okay. it will be. Go see it. I will add and, it to my uh, list. Hamilton, if you're lucky enough to get a, a seat. I will yeah. see that. I, I have tickets for uh, for next spring. <laughs> you do? Oh, funny. Well, that, that sounds it's, to me like you got lucky and got an early one. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it was the soonest that I could get it, and it was actually uh, timed up to uh, my anniversary, so it's still a surprise oh. for my wife, but she'll be thrilled. <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned something, you know, talking about how, you know, at the time you, there's no actors in this movie. And w once the, those films, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast took off, animated films, feature films in general took off. And that tended to be the route that many of them went is they had these A-list celebrities come in, do the voices, get somebody else to sing a song if there was a song. And that was a main selling point for the film. I wonder how, I mean, that had to have been frustrating for you. Well, uh, I, I think if you look at the, the results, um, how many of those, again, remind me, uh, were uh, nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, oh, and also they, they, they sort of, uh, they sort of uh, uh, broke the mold. Yeah. Uh, they did, but you know when they went back to Frozen and the right. original people are doing this, yep. the acting and the singing, and it's the highest grossing animated film of all time. Yep. I mean, it just yep. works, you know? Uh, Kristen Bell and Adina, oh my God, the, the relationship they have in that movie, is, it's just, you can you can feel it in the characters. The, they've got the chops. They've got the acting and the singing chops. And, and, and uh, ho hopefully the... Uh, the financial success that uh, that film had, well, that Beauty and the Beast had it for its time. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that that film had for its time. Uh, hopefully those things will uh, remind people that stories are best told by... <laughs> by the same person. Mm -hmm. Have you guys been kept in the loop at all with the, uh, the, the new remake that's coming out, the live action? Um, I've, I've talked with Don Hahn about it because he's working on that movie, you know, and he, of course, produced our movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's only said positive, really positive things about it. And um, I told him, you know, uh, 
that if I were producing the movie, Emma would have been my first choice, and I, yeah. I firmly believe that. that oh, it's brilliant was, casting. I think it is brilliant casting, and so I'm really excited to see it. They've asked me to hold back so that I wouldn't intimidate those who are. <laughs> <laughs> what is that guy's name again? <laughs> yeah, look something. I can't Luke remember. Something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I we I have seen trailers, and and I, I have to tell you, they they seem to have captured their own uh, mm-hmm. magic. And enchantment with uh, with what I've seen so far, so I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Have Have you ever either of you had the chance to meet or speak with the with the actors playing the, the roles that you did? And like new- I said, they, they don't want to intimidate them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I I've asked Don Hahn to say certain things to Emma, you know, because I read about some things on the internet where she's so worried about her singing and everything, and I just told him to tell her that that she's going to just be herself and she's going to have such an amazing experience she has a millions of fans right now from her mm-hmm. what she's done up to this point they're going to double when she plays bell yeah. <laughs> this is going to be an amazing ride and i i want her to just love it and enjoy it and i'm kind of like passing the baton on to emma <laughs> so it does it does look amazing you know, the, the, the little sneaks that we've been given you know the little peaks you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of of the film yet but you know we've seen some characters and and a few stills See what and, i mean when I talk about the enchantment of the, just oh the yeah thing. oh yeah it's gorgeous. gonna be gorgeous, gorgeous. i am so excited to paint you know i'm painting with disney now i guess mm-hmm. you probably know that um as an artist and i can't wait to paint emma's portrait as well oh I'm, I'm really excited about that that's going to be gorgeous. I, I I wanted to ask you guys about that too because you're you're so multi-talented, you know, and it's I'm sure you, especially now with the anniversary you're talking about the film and you know the acting and the singing that you did, but you guys do so much more. I mean, you, you as we've said, you have this background in musical theater, you 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 paint, you write, you you teach, you do so much. And I'm what though, you know, at the end of the day, what is most fulfilling for you creatively? I'm sorry. What's most fulfilling for you creatively? Oh, I, I just <clears throat> there's nothing to for me uh, that, that's more satisfying than, than to, to create a new character in a show. I, I, I love the uh, musical theater and, and uh, look forward to that chance every chance I get. Well, I, I feel why, why you got one you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm with Richard on that. I just uh, I love I love creating a part. And and doing, I, I did a show in Las Vegas though that kind of tired me out. I did it for nine years. Mm. It was that crazy comedy, Menopause the Musical. Yeah. And uh, amazing musical of women bonding in their middle age, going through this. And that, ironically, I was going through it as I was performing in the play. And uh, just this a year ago, I decided to take a little break and just focus on my artwork. And artwork has always been my second love. And it's just been kind of nice to have time with my husband, you know, and 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 paint and uh, just take a little break from it. But I'll be back on stage before too long, I'm sure. (laughs) I would just like to say thank you guys so much. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. It's Um, been a pleasure. Thank you. That's it for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. And now since we did that intro, I've had the Marketplace song. I don't know the proper name of the song. I'm an awful Disney fan. The very first song? Yes, I've had it stuck in my head. I believe it's just called Bell. Okay, it's called Bell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it stuck in my head, and you know, it's one of the most memorable Disney songs to me. Like when I yeah. hear it, I instantly, that I feel like I'm in Magic Kingdom and ready to be like going on rides and eating churros. Do you do the, um, 
the what's it called that that where you go into Belle's cottage and you know the wardrobe comes alive and she gets uh, the story time with Belle. I've, I've never personally did it, but Sarah took Hannah into it. My wife took Sarah, uh, my our daughter into it when they yeah. were there last. And Sarah actually says it's one of her favorite. Uh, never done attractions. it. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a huge Disney princess. Yeah. person my daughter is not she i mean she and mm-hmm. like nothing against them but she's not a princess girl um but we did that the first time we were there after it had opened and it's really impressive you know mm-hmm. whether you like beauty and the beast or not the just the effects that they did right um because what the you know like lumiere just it's it's really hard to tell like is, is he animated in front of my eyes like because the way that Lumiere comes alive and the wardrobe comes alive and talks to you, like it's it's really impressive what they managed to do in that space. Amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Sarah keeps telling me next time we go, you have to go in because, you know, it's, yeah. just it's really cool to watch. And, see. and when you when you first enter, like you enter this little room and it's um, like the, the there's the mirror and there's a it, it's showing you like the story and it's telling you how beauty met beast and everything. And then it turns into this magic mirror, which like, Oh, it, it, it's, I'm sure if I thought about it, I could figure out how they did it, but I don't want to ruin it really that much. Like the mirror expands to be the full length of the entire wall. And then oh, it, no opens, it opens up into a door and that's what you walk through. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. It is very cool. Next time you go, you should, I, I mean, I really recommend it's, it, it takes like 45 minutes right. to get through it. So it's not a short attraction, um, and there's usually a pretty long line, but it's uh, I, if you've never done it, I would recommend it. Awesome. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing next there time I go. There you go. There we go. According to Jamie, it's the, it's the best ride at Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> All right, guys, if you want to get in touch with us, we are at the GBB podcast on Facebook and Twitter and search us on iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast and get us every week, lately two times a week in your Ooh feed double the pleasure, double the pleasure. <laughs> yes double the pleasure <laughs> double the fun all right guys i'm justin at 140 justin c jamie at the robots and we will see you next week right here on the great beautiful podcast have a great week this podcast has been a production of the geek dad podcast network if you've enjoyed this content please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geek dad <laughs>